to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hello and welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. This is Monica and I have a lot to share with you today. First, I thought I might die on a run this weekend. Next, I have some great tips to share on how to stay fit if you're not training for a race or maybe you are done with your race. Now what? And finally, an update on the stretch challenge. So let's get started with the warm up. So for today's warm up, I actually just kind of want to tell you a little story about my run this weekend that will lead to some tips on how to stay safe if you are out running. I was on a paved trail. It's called a trail, but I always think of a trail as being dirt and rock. This is a paved trail. I just thought I should be clear about that so you don't think that I am in the backwoods somewhere like someone that is impressive and awesome and a trail runner. I'm on a paved path in Orange County. It's in California. And somehow, mid-run, I see a rattlesnake up in the distance a little bit. It's not too far away, maybe 20 yards up, just off the path. And I freak the F out because that's what I do. That's how I do it. I, at this point, am not near any other runners, walkers, cyclists, and I consider this to be a fairly, I don't want to say busy. I just, I don't go that long on this path without seeing other people. But of course, conveniently, maybe everyone already knew about the rattlesnake and was avoiding this area, but no one is coming. Suddenly, I'm just here by myself And I see a rattlesnake and I don't know what to do. So, of course, my first instinct is to scream like I'm being murdered. Luckily, my brain vetoed that. So that's good. And I'm just thinking, well, I'm going to wait until someone comes from the other direction or catches up to me and passes by on a bike and see if it like lunges at the cyclist. And then I could call 911 for them. So I would be helpful. And I would know if this is going to be an aggressive snake, but they would be on a bike and have that advantage of some height and speed. Right. But I don't want to be the one to pass the snake. So I'm waiting there and two cyclists finally come and pass by and the snake doesn't move. And the second cyclist says, Oh, dead rattlesnake. And I was like, Boom, score. Not that I'm happy that the rattlesnake is no longer with us. I'm just thinking, I am not dead. You know, maybe it's better the snake is than me. Some opinions may differ on that. I'm just saying it's a dead snake. So I'm like, okay. So I start to move forward on the trail, keep running. I got to go. And then, no, no. This snake is alive and well. I'm hoping it's alive and well. I want it to be well. But I don't want it to bite me or sting me, bite me. Anyways, so I 
back the F up. I should have powered through in that moment. I should have just kept going, like zoom away. But instead, as soon as it started moving, I wasn't up on the side of it yet. I hadn't passed it yet. So I just back up and I do what any normal red blooded American girl would do. I make a video for Instagram. Of course. I mean, the this might be my last moments on earth. You know, I want to document it. I could have I called my mom, told her I love her, goodbye. I don't know, made a will suddenly, but I decided to make a video for Instagram talking myself through this experience, which kind of leads me to the first part of today's show. I ended up reaching out to a wildlife expert for some tips on this because I really didn't know what to do. And I wanted to share this story and maybe some helpful information because when I posted this video to Instagram, a lot of people chimed in under that. And I will put a link to this in the show notes saying the different kind of animals and wildlife they have come across while out running, walking, hiking, enjoying the outdoors, which is something, you know, I think that's awesome to do just to kind of tell you how I survived this ordeal is a cyclist were passing by. I took it upon myself to point out the snake to them so they wouldn't get too close. I was basically like some sort of self-promoted safety officer, self-appointed, I should say. And Finally, two ladies came up and as they were getting closer, I was like, okay, cool. Like two, they were just walking. And I said, there's a snake up here and I don't want to pass it by myself because it really scares me. Like I have no shame. I don't know if that is a surprise to you at all, given the fact that I embarrass myself on the daily, which is why you should follow at running repeat on Instagram. But I tell them I'm too scared. Can you hold my hand? Is it going to be okay? And we pass the snake and they're like, oh yeah, that is a rattlesnake. And the snake started, now that it had an audience of us, started to kind of slither around a little bit more. And I was able to pass it. It was awesome. I made some new friends. And then I ran back to my car because I had parked at this place. I couldn't go the other direction. It was, I was at this point, I'd already hit the turnaround and was going back towards where I had parked to hit up this trail. And so, yeah, I was able to survive, which is awesome. But I know I am not the only one that encounters these kind of situations. And it is really important to me that you guys are safe out there. So what I did is I reached out to someone from California Fish and Wildlife. And definitely keep in mind that every area is different. Every runner is different, right? And the animals that I might come across in Southern California aren't the ones that you might. So just be mindful of what is in your area in terms of wildlife or different terrain, weather that you need to note, any sort of safety precaution, you really need to be responsible for yourself and be smart when you are running, right? But I am talking with Lisa Johnston. She's a marketing specialist for the Keep Me Wild project at California Fish and Wildlife and just kind of wanted to ask her if she had any tips for us on how to stay safe and not get bit by a rattlesnake while we're out there. Hello? So let's go ahead and give her a call. 
Lisa, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I know I mentioned it via email and I've shared the story with my listeners that basically I saw a rattlesnake on my run this weekend and wasn't really sure kind of how to handle it. I ended up sharing the story on Instagram and a lot of people chimed in with different animals, wildlife situations that they have been in while out running, hiking, kind of exercising outdoors. And I just wanted to talk with an expert on some tips on how we can stay safe while we are out hiking, walking, or running. Well, I think the the main thing is, you know, to be aware of your surroundings. So your running route, know what species live there, know that wildlife is often active early morning, in the evening, uh, at night. So, for example, a person that chooses to run in mountain lion habitat and they choose to jog at night and they're alone, then that might not be a smart thing to do. So know your surroundings, know what wildlife are in the area. You know, just educate yourself. Travel in groups if you can. You know, I mean, for lots of reasons, I know that's not always possible for runners. It's, you know, it can be very much an individual sport. You know, headphones are probably not a good idea because you'll you'll want to use your senses, you know, hear things, be aware, pay attention, you know, all those things. I would say just know your surroundings, put the headphones away, pay attention, that kind of thing and alter your, maybe your activity in that you wouldn't be, if you're jogging in mountain lion country, you wouldn't, you wouldn't choose to go alone or at night. Noisemakers are always a good idea to carry. Whistles, what I mean by noisemaker is a whistle, you know, that kind of thing. If there, if there is, you know, if you do encounter, say for example, uh, you see a mountain lion on a trail, noisemakers are handy for coyote as well. So, yeah, that, I mean, I I would say there are far more other environmental hazards, you know, to concern oneself with in, in recreating in the outdoors. So, you know, for example, sunburn, overheating, dehydration, exhaustion, heat stroke. So I, I think the wildlife are probably the least of one's concerns, but awareness, just, you know, know your surroundings. Oh, for sure. Is there a way that things like mountain lion spottings or rattlesnake spottings are often reported so that if you were to kind of, you just do this certain trail once, once a month, once a week, or, you know, you're not frequenting it too much. Is this a sign up potentially or a website to check to see if there is something that you should be extra cautious of? How do people find out that kind of info? Well, it depends on, you know, where you're at, you know, who has jurisdiction over over the trails, the land or whatever. Sometimes signs will be posted uh, warning people that this is, say, for example, mountain lion habitat, or if there have been sightings reported to our department or to, say, for example, a park jurisdiction, um, trails could be closed off signs posted. So those types of warnings, same for, for bears, but not really. It's just a matter of understanding the outdoors, you know, where you're at. Um, we do have some helpful tools on our website. If you're 
interested in learning more about wildlife and their habits and and where you know there a, a particular range for an animal so we have some range maps you can look up animals by species and and look and see where you know they like to live what they eat but back to your question no i would just say no that during spring and summer wildlife is typically you know active and and they're out there and and just you know be aware and and take precaution especially if you know you're you're jogging in mountain lion habitat that's a whole different set of uh, awareness rules as opposed to maybe an urban park you know that kind of thing oh yeah i have i mean i feel like i've heard that so many things on mountain lions probably because it gets a lot of coverage because it is potentially if there is an attack it is very devastating. So I've heard some things that are very scary. Yes, devastating, and but very, very rare, very rare. But, you know, Southern California, there's in some areas, rugged areas, where people like to recreate. Mountain lion live there, too. Actually, mountain lion live on the fringes of, you know, Los Angeles. So, you know, knowing their range and, and where they're at and knowing that they're there and just sharing space responsibly, acting responsible, responsibly, you know, in um, the outdoors in a variety of ways, not just, you know, with interacting or the potential of interacting or having an encounter with wildlife. I mean, there's there's just so much to know about the outdoors and how to behave appropriately. Yeah. The noisemakers that you mentioned, are those things like the whistle specifically, or is there anything that someone could potentially have on them? Like, as soon as you said noisemaker, I'm just like, I think a lot of times, especially with runners working on your form, you're not supposed to be like plodding along, hitting the ground very loud. You know, you should be light on your feet and have quick foot turnover. Like that is ideal for running form. But if we're kind of trying to make noise, would it be good to almost have something on your person so that you are making noise as you're going? Well, it, it would it would depend on where you're you're running. Like if you're in backcountry or pretty rugged terrain, then um, you know, yeah, I would I would you know I would frequently make noise or blow a whistle every now and then that kind of thing. You wouldn't have to, you know, continually make noise, but, you know, and noisemakers are, are often used as, as a deterrent. So um, certain areas in the backcountry, you, you want to make your presence known. If you know that bear live there, whatever you're hiking on a trail, you want to, you want to continually make your presence known and, and, you know, with hand clapping or whistling, singing, something like that, because you don't want to surprise a, a bear. So it kind of depends on, on where you're at, but noisemakers are used a lot as a deterrent. So if you see, you know, an animal like a rattlesnake on the trail ahead of you or whatever, you know, that would be the time maybe you might want to blow on a whistle or back off, give it a wide berth, toss a couple rocks so it'll crawl off the trail, um, that kind of thing. Coyotes, 
you know, there are techniques when folks encounter coyotes to, you know, haze them away so that they don't get too close to people so that they keep a healthy respect and wariness of, of people. So, you know, when you, when you see a coyote, it's recommended that, you know, in most circumstances you try to haze it off, you know, throw rocks at it, make noise, blow your whistle, that kind of thing. So if you're seeing coyotes on the trail and you're running, you, you don't want them to feel welcome in your presence. Thank you. Those are great tips. And I will be sure to put the link to the California Fish and Wildlife website in the show notes for more information. And now let's move on to the main event. Now, this is a question that I get a lot. After someone has trained for a race, and it doesn't matter if it is a 5k, 10k, half marathon, full marathon, whatever it is, after you've trained for a race, and you're done with it, what then? And sometimes you don't have another race planned for a while, or sometimes you don't really want to run another race, but you want to stay in shape, or you want to stay in running shape for when another race does come up, and you know, okay, I can start training for that. So after your race is done, or in between races, when you don't necessarily need to follow a training plan, what then? And this is especially on my mind right now because my half marathon training group just finished the half marathon. The plan ended last weekend and so many people just killed it. Like it is awesome. And I'm so, so proud of them. And a couple of them, even before they had run the race, actually, I got a lot of messages from them saying, what do we do after this? And I'm like, let's just stay in the minute you're in, stay in the mile you are on. And I didn't want to really talk about this until they were done. Um, And that's definitely something I encourage of you as well is to focus on what you have going on in your training plan right now. Don't look too far ahead unless it is part of your kind of big goal. So let's talk about how to stay in shape in between training cycles. Basically, what do you do after you are done with your race. First, give yourself time to celebrate. This isn't even one of kind of my tips for this, but this is a bonus first, first tip. Celebrate your victory. Celebrate what you just accomplished. And it's not about race day. When you are training for a race, there are weeks and weeks and miles and miles and hours upon hours of time that you have put into this. And you deserve a lot of credit for that and a lengthy celebration and to just bask in the glow of that runner's high. And so first, I would encourage you to do that. And kind of as a little reminder as well, even if you are not a runner, but listening to this because you just want me to talk about food more, ask me food questions, first of all, and or I could now that that's in my head. But if you're not a runner and someone that you know and love has just run a race, or maybe you know and like, I don't know your personal life, don't necessarily ask them right away if they run a 5K, are you going to run a 10K now? Or if they run a half marathon, are you going to run a marathon now? Just say, how'd it go? How did your race go? Congratulations. That's awesome. Just praise them Um, And if you're the runner, praise yourself. You don't immediately need to jump to the next thing. So celebrate that. Enjoy it. 
don't diminish it by kind of going forward and just immediately feeling obligated to plan something else because you really don't have to. Next, this is really supposed to, this was supposed to be the first tip. These numbers are going to be so messed up. It's going to be okay. Before you move forward with your next race or training plan, whatever it is, take into account both your physical health and your mental health. And those might not be completely coordinated with being ready for the next step. So maybe you cross the finish line, you just run your first half marathon, you're super excited and you think, I want to run another one or I want to run it faster next time. I need a training plan that has this in it or you just want to hit another goal. You're ready to go. You are just revved up and the endorphins and the runner's high. I get it because I am that way. I love it. I love this. But your body might not be ready. You might still be sore or tired or, you know, you might have had like a little tightness or injury start to come on towards the end of training during your long runs. Take care of your physical body. Make sure that you are not starting a training plan ever unless you are 100%. So your body is good to go and healthy and there's no kind of injury or issue that you need to contend with because all of this stuff takes a lot out on your body and your mind too. So if it's the other way around and for whatever reason you rock the race, you, you know, were above and beyond what you expected and you feel physically like you can jump out of bed tomorrow, run another half marathon and PR, like your body is just good to go, but your mind is a little burnt out. And you're thinking if I'm going to have to start waking up at four 30 to get my tempo run in every Wednesday morning, I am going to scream, make sure both of those parts of you are ready to go and move forward um, if you want to set another running goal. My next tip is to consider setting a fitness goal that is not running related. So maybe you could join some sort of sports team if they have that in your area or sign up for a series of Pilates classes or join a gym that has a lot of classes that you like or has a pool and you want to get into swimming consider doing something else that is something athletic that'll keep you fit, keep you in shape, but won't be running, especially if you're burnt out and or will help make you a better well-rounded athlete. So if you get into something that can keep you fit and healthy um, and in shape, but isn't running, that might actually help you become a better athlete overall or a dance class. This is what I'm kind of thinking. Anything that's like that. I know when I had talked a while back to one of the sports med doctors in terms of cross training, she had suggested Zumba being awesome or tennis, you know, things with lateral movements can help balance you out. Uh, Cause as runners, we're doing a lot of forward motion, right? So things that switch that up can really help you um, avoid overuse injuries and keep you more fit as well. So I would just say, look into potentially something else that will give you either a schedule or a training plan, tell you what to do. If that's what you liked about training for a race is that you have this training plan, right? And it tells you each day 
what you need to do for that day, what days of the week you need to do it and for how long. If you want something like that, you can find another kind of um, fitness challenge that might feed you in that way. Next, I would suggest if you want to keep running the priority, but don't necessarily want to train for another race right now, balance it out and make your own training plan that is just for fitness and should really be for your overall fitness so that you can balance it a little more with other cross training, strength training, fun activities you like to do. When we're training for races, running is the priority as it should be. And you don't necessarily need to make it the one and only if you are just running as a big part of your overall workout plan. So you can create your own training plan, use the things from training in the past that you've really liked, and then try to incorporate other things that keep you fit and make you a stronger runner. Because anything that makes you a stronger runner is going to make you a better runner, and that will make it more fun. So it kind of fuels you and will keep you going. This is a suggestion that I think is really simple and kind of realistic, is to run Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that distance, you can decide based on your fitness level, something that is easy. And I am very not type A. So I like to have things set out. I am fine also with no variety. How would I say that? What's another way to say that? That is not as, this sounds so boring, but um, I am cool eating the same thing every day. If I know that I like it, I am fine running the same distance all the time because I like that. I don't need a lot of things to be switched up in my life. But if you are not the same, then you might need to tweak your training plan every two weeks, right? You need to rewrite it. If you are cool with consistency, keep in mind that that won't Anything that doesn't challenge you isn't going to change you. So it's fine. Consistency is really important. But make sure that you know if you want to get more fit or get stronger in one area or another, you're going to have to focus on that and do some extra work in that way. But something like running three days a week, cross training two days a week, you want either two days a week for rest or potentially a day that you're doing something else active and a day of complete rest. And you can break it down like this. Wiki, wiki, wiki. I kind of wanted to, (laughs) that should have been more clever, but I feel like if you say, this is how I'm gonna break it down, that there should be some sort of rap solo to follow that. So I'm sorry I didn't have that prepared for you guys. Don't hold your breath for next week. But I would break it down Monday, Wednesday, Friday are run days. And Tuesday, Thursday are strength training. And then on the weekend, you can do something fun and active, like taking a long walk with a friend or going hiking, bike riding, swimming. I don't know what you do in your free time, and I'm not here to judge, but basically something else that keeps you active and then a day of rest. And I know that something even set, and this really, you need to make it, to your fitness level. So I can't tell you specifically, but a suggestion depending, or just to kind of give you some inspiration to start from is doing something like 
three miles, four miles, five miles. And I had a friend that used to do this. This is why I'm saying it like this. He would run three miles Monday, four miles Wednesday, five miles Friday. So it was three, four, five, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every week. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think he probably just chilled because he wasn't, he was just trying to stay in running shape in between races, but that's cool. But you could do strength training, you know, do upper body Tuesday, lower body Thursday, or do full body both days. However, you want to kind of incorporate that to like keep you fit in between races. Or if you just decide, I like running because it's a fun activity, but I don't even want to race. That's a way to balance it and just make sure to switch it up every now and then so that you are kind of keeping yourself healthy, challenging yourself maintaining your fitness. So I will put information in the show notes for some suggestions on what to do in between races. I will put a couple of breakdowns of potential DIY training plans that you can take a look at in the show notes as well. And now let's do the awards. This week, first place goes to Everyone who has been doing the 21-day stretch challenge, I am so excited that so many people signed up and are participating. Make sure that you chime in every day at Running Repeat on Instagram with your run report or workout report, whatever you have going on right now. And also, that is where I am posting the stretch for that day. And a lot of people are saying they are doing the stretch, like they will chime in with their workout and then say, and I did the stretch for today. And slowly but surely, it seems like we more and more are doing an extra stretch or chiming in with another stretch that they are like, oh, I just learned this one. Um, Just some feedback in general on how it is helping them. And I'm just really proud of everyone because I know this is something that it's hard to make time for. If you have 45 minutes to do a workout, you want to just kind of work out and feel like you're really working out the whole time and not take that time to stretch, but it is important. So I'm really proud of everyone that is really rocking the stretch challenge. And finally, if you have a question for me, send it on over. You can email me at runeatrepeat at gmail.com or call the RER voicemail line. That number is 562-888-1644. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was fun and helpful and that you are running fast right now. If you know someone that likes running or eating, please tell them about the show and have a great run. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.